Lob World! It's your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Blazers your first listen every single day, five days a week, free on all platforms. Go check it out, make it a part of your daily routine, make it your first listen, and then tell your pals to do the same. Today's episode... A whole bunch of fun. We're going to talk about the latest Trailblazers trade rumor linking Portland to a certain guard out of Oklahoma City. This team certainly needs to load up on more guards. We're going to talk about who has worked out for the Blazers and who hasn't. Uh, A quick recap of who they've brought in on. It is now draft week as you're listening to this. This is Monday, June 20th show. It's draft week, baby. We made it. Talk about who's coming in uh, and who hasn't come in. I I think both noteworthy. And then finally, close the show with just... The truth: the Blazers have to trade their pick on draft night. If they're gonna if they're gonna go where they want to go, they have to make a trade. It has to happen on draft night. We'll talk about that to close the show. Let's let's talk about this rumor stuff first. Speaking of trading that draft pick, that's exact. That's exactly what the reporting from Jake Fisher of Bleach Report suggests the Blazers are trying to do. Uh, Fisher wrote a uh, a sort of you know, latest Intel roundup and Bleach Report, you can find at bleachreport.com. And then also on his podcast, which is aptly named, please don't aggregate this, spoke a little more in depth about um, about specifically the Blazers rumor. And, and the Blazers reporting from Fisher is as follows. Portland is interested in, a, in an exchange with the Oklahoma City Thunder for a defensive stalwart and young bowling ball, Lou Dort, that would send seven to OKC in exchange for Dort and the twelfth pick. If um, if you're a real hardcore listener to this program, you'll remember that about a month ago, back uh, May sixteenth's episode, I did five trades for the Blazers, five trades for the Blazers to trade back and get better. And in my eh, don't really love it, but it's okay section of trades, uh, the middle section of that podcast, about the thirteen minute mark. If you're looking for May sixteenth episode, you want to hear me talk about this a little bit more. I um. I discussed exactly this trade, exactly this trade, seven for Lou Dort and 12. Uh, I, the Blazers need to add talent. So it's hard for me to say that if you trade for seven, if you trade away seven and you get Lou Dort, who's like an NBA player for sure, a really good defender and 12, who's like an, you know, a rookie in the lottery, that's fine. Um, it's just like the Blazers don't necessarily need more guards. I don't, I don't love it for just sort of like the fit on the roster and the Blazers have had some rosters with talent and bad fit in recent seasons. And it's just, you don't maximize all of, all of your strengths in that way. So I don't, I do not love it. Like, um, just on the surface, to be totally honest. But yeah, like the Blazers need to go get talent and Dort would certainly be that. And it also would allow you to be a little more aggressive in trading Josh Hart. Although I think Josh Hart's just way better than Lou Dort. Lou Dort, a much better defender. Josh Hart just does a bunch of other things better. Like he's just a better basketball player. Uh, Dort is on a super cheap contract. Uh, it's, the Blazers could acquire him using their smallest trade exception and and just absorb him into that. They wouldn't have to send back any other salary to make that work. Uh, I don't love it, but you see what the Blazers are trying to do. This would add a pick and a veteran, which I think is there is is a really useful path forward. I do I do really think they need to come out of this draft with somebody on a rookie scale contract who they think can help a, a, a first rounder. They have two second rounders, so you know either of those guys. If they nail those picks, great. That's that's what you want to do. But like, it's easier to find talent higher up in the draft. So trading back only to twelve with OKC seems. Um, seems to me, it seems like worth, worthwhile, a worthwhile gamble. I don't, I don't love the deal, but like 
we'll talk about this more at the end of the show. At some point, you just kind of have to, tr- you've got to make your move. You got to make your move and do your best work. A couple other things on this. Fisher said on his podcast, so this was written in the story, it, it, um, the Lou Dort and, and 12 for 7 thing. And then and Fisher followed up on his podcast saying that like, you don't really hear rumors from OKC. So this is mostly coming from the Portland side. Like Portland is pushing this angle and this this interest i would say that doesn't mean that okc isn't interested it just means that like the leak the information is coming from portland uh okc is notoriously tight-lipped with this stuff they've also been bad on purpose forever so um (laughs) they they can choose not to leak it because people aren't too worried um about i'm not gonna be mean i'm not i was gonna be mean to darius basely but i'm not gonna be mean listen okc stinks and they've stunk on purpose for everything they stink on purpose again this year maybe they'll be rewarded for being bad for so long on purpose other reporting from uh other reporting from jake fisher regarding the blazers a couple things one portland is focused on og ananobi that is their number one target it's it's been reported a couple places that there's a number one target i believe uh sean hyken a bleach report has has said as much and jake fisher has been on this from the beginning um I believe he was the first one to report report the Blazers' interest in OG Ananobi before it became like a thing that was everywhere. Uh, he, you know, it's the Blazers are that's who they want. That seems to be their their target. They seem to have moved away from Grant probably because the asking price is really high on Grant, and also because OG is just a better defensive player, and maybe that fits. And he's cheaper. <laughs> like uh, you, d- you don't owe him a hundred million dollar contract extension, or need to pay him a hundred million dollar contract contract extension shortly thereafter. So yeah, like OG is OG is the Blazers' top target. Uh, on Friday show, I did a whole podcast with with. Uh, Talking OG and Anobi with Sean Woodley of Locked On Raptors. Uh, both of us are a little skeptical that the trade gets done, but certainly it seems like Blazers are zeroed in on OG. And the other important nugget from Jake Fisher's reporting is that the Blazers are probably out on the DeAndre and sign and trade stuff. Uh, some of it is that if the uh, Suns do a double sign and trade. If they both send out a player and receive a player in a sign and trade, it really limits their financial options. Um, so it doesn't appeal to Phoenix. Like it doesn't, it's not a good move. It's not a good move for Phoenix. But if, you know, it always seemed like the Blazers were going to sign Yusuf Nurkic, Yusuf Nurkic unless, and the unless was something big, like a DeAndre Ayton type of thing. Seems like Nurk's going to be back. Uh, that's the reporting from Jake Fisher. That's your latest news. I don't love the Dort trade. Check out more of it on May 16th episode of Five Trades for the trades. Five Trades for the Blazers to trade back and get better on draft night. If you want to hear more on that one. Um, it always seemed like Nurk was going to come back, so I don't think that's a big thing. And I think them being zeroed in on OG gives you a sense of what they're after. A really good young 3 and D wing on a good contract. That's what everyone wants. Um, and if the Blazers might push some chips in to try to make it happen, be curious to see if that does go through what the asking price is. Because reportedly it started with something like Seven and Josh Hart. Um, you would think that if the Raptors are going to move OG, it would go beyond that. But how far are the Blazers really willing to go beyond that? Because they don't have much to give away. Um, out outside of that, other than some waiving some protections on future firsts and giving those away, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That's your latest Blazers rumor. Shout out to Jake Fisher, a wonderful reporter who's um, who's really been on sort of the deal construction stuff recently. Jake's Jake's really um, he's he's on it. He's been on it. Second segment. I want to talk about who's worked out for the Blazers because it is draft week. The draft is Thursday. It's June twenty third. Uh, this is a this is a sort of the final week for uh, teams to make their decisions and then it comes quickly on draft night. Let's talk about who's come in for the Blazers and what it means for this team and who they haven't seen and what that means for them as well. But first, let me tell you about Bet Online. 
the place where you can find more props, more odds, more lines than ever before, and you can bet on everything. You may have missed the NBA Finals, but you've still, you've still got the Stanley Cup Finals. You've still got, you also missed a major golf tournament this weekend, but uh, you've got golf tournaments coming up. You've got tennis tournaments coming up. You've got the WNBA. You've got soccer all over uh, North America. You've you got combat sports, whatever it is, you're going to find more lines, more props, more odds. And you can also go to bet online and they got news and betting tips so you can become an informed better. Win some money by getting smarter. Don't don't wait. Go take advantage today. That's bet online where the game starts. All right. The Blazers on Thursday, last Thursday, had a group workout that included two big old shiny names. Jeremy Sohan from the University of Baylor, Baylor University, <laughs> and Shaden Sharp from Sort of Kentucky, a gentleman who wore a lot of Kentucky warm-up uh, gear and, and didn't play for the Wildcats in his lone year, his lone year at Kentucky. Both Sohan and, and Sharp are going to go in the lottery at some point, probably. I guess Sohan could conceivably slide. Uh, Sharp is a lock for a top ten pick. Sohan, I've, uh, you know, I think he'll go in that like the Blazers range seven to twelve, but he could slide a little bit further because um, he's a little bit raw on off, offensively. Doesn't doesn't have it all there yet. But like these are two names that are going to be right in the Blazers range, and they and they work them out. Um, this was this was a public workout reportedly uh, from director of Pro, uh, director of scouting at. Pro Insights. Uh, the Blazers also had a workout for Josh Minots and um, on Friday, but that was close to the media, um, and it's only, that's the only place that's been reported. Uh, this is to say two things: one, what we see, what the Blazers show us, is what they want us to see, and what agents want us to see. That is important to remember. So few teams left in the league um, open up draft workouts and say who they're draft and say who's you know working out and allow you to talk to players uh you know nuggets pacers blazers all do it um for sure Uh, i believe a handful of other teams as well uh i know the wizards do Uh, but like increasingly more and more teams are making this like a super secretive process but there is some value in having it be out there both for agents to say hey he's worked out for everybody in the top 10 and you can go like you know it's it's openly reported and for the team for the team to get um you know to get some you know good i don't know good press but like hey here's the blazers doing their due diligence like it's it's you know here's them doing the work right out in front of you to work right out in public it always seems like they're doing more when you can see it about the behind closed door stuff doesn't feel as real but this is a reminder that like on friday they're working out other people at the facility without media availability which again like most teams in the league are doing but like there's more go there's a lot of this is the type of this is the time of year that um what is in front of you is in front of you for a reason it's kind of always like that with breaking news but draft stuff especially it's in front of you for a reason um everybody wants you to know one thing or another but i, I regardless regardless of sort of that smokescreen stuff i want to remind you of you know sohan and and shane sharp are two really intriguing prospects sohan you know a 6'9 defender um i've heard people say he can guard one through five no <laughs> chill chill he cannot guard centers in the nba uh he's a versatile big long defender who has real real defensive upside but you're not throwing him on dame and then Nikola Jokic at his age uh he could develop into one of the true versatile defenders in the league um but how many people in the world can guard one through five Giannis? is there a second one okay <laughs> hit me up if you got a second one um 
that just gets bandied about too much for my for my taste. But a really, really versatile defender. Got some ball handling skills. Didn't shoot it well in college, but scout scout types seem to think he can shoot better uh, than he showed at that level because his form looks okay and he shot free throws all right. Uh, Shaden Sharp is the real mystery guy of this draft, right? Didn't play at Kentucky, but was, you know... A, you know, top recruit in his class, five consensus five-star recruits. Um, the AAU tapes wild with the step backs, step back threes, and the shot creation and the athleticism. Um, he's you know he has athleticism to really pop. Uh, Kristen Peak, Yahoo Sports draft analyst, was on the show, and she says that if if it all gets together for Shaden Sharp, he could be Anthony Edwards with a better jump shot. Anthony Edwards is already a really good player in the league. Like, we'll push for the All Star game next year if Shaden Sharp is him with a better jumper. My goodness, but also I think Sharp's just uh, the lack of, of, of the lack of data on him has both like kept him in the top 10 because he hasn't been able to hurt himself, but has also like kept him out of the top five or out of the top four probably because of just the lack of data there. Um, if he's available at seven, Sohan is not my Huckleberry. I think many of you like him more than me, but if, if Sharp is there at seven, I think the Blazers have to take a long, hard look just because of the potential upside. If nothing else, get on the phones because he could be the name that slips to the Blazers and has the most sort of trade potential because teams are like, oh my gosh, this is like a top three pick that just took a weird route here and so ended up at seven. So uh, I would be comfortable with the Blazers taking either Sharp or Sohan at seven, but I'm not. I'm, I personally, Mike Richmond, your podcaster, is not, not a big Jeremy Sohan guy. Just from reading the scouting reports, I've seen him play one game and he lost and got elbowed in the face. Uh of note, there are some other folks who have worked out for the Trailblazers who are right in their range. A.J. Griffin worked out for the Blazers in a solo workout. Uh, Dyson Daniels in a in a group workout. Ben Matherin in a solo workout. Jalen Duran uh, in a group workout. Tari Eason, who's probably going to be a top 20 pick. Uh, Dalen Terry from from uh, from Arizona, who's like a late first, early second round guy, could could creep up even higher than that. And the Blazers have, uh, according to their PR staff, another group workout on Monday. So maybe the they they announce the names at like. 11 a.m., 1045. Uh, so maybe if you're listening to this late on Monday, June 20th, you already know who's going to work out. But as I'm recording this, that's not how the Blazers do it anymore. So like they're going, this is probably their last public workout, I would assume, just timing wise uh, before the NBA draft. So that will be notable who is there. I, I think more than anything, it's like the one name that hasn't worked out for the Blazers is Keegan Murray, who's like the, sort of maybe the ideal choice for them at seven. Um, he just probably doesn't see himself dropping all the way to seven and doesn't want to work out for the Blazers. So if they want to draft him, they can do it without a workout. Um, I think that's totally reasonable on for both parties. Reasonable for the Blazers to draft a guy who hasn't come into their gym to work out and reasonable for Keegan Murray and his folks to be like, listen, we want we want to we want to go higher and then hopefully Sacramento or, or Indiana will will scoop us up, scoop Keegan up before uh, he falls down to all the way to 7. But Murray hasn't worked out. Be curious if he's on on the docket for Monday. He's the only one not in the Blazers' range. Otherwise, like Sohan and Sharp and Griffin and Daniels and Matherin and and, and even Duran to some extent are guys who have been linked or not linked. I think that's the wrong word. The guys who people have mocked the Blazers, um, mocked mocked to the Blazers like often, uh, particularly Sharp and and Griffin and Matherin. Like those are names you see there. I believe in the latest ESPN mock draft they have Dyson Daniels going there. I think he he'd be a really intriguing spot. All of this is to say. 
This is Portland doing its due diligence right out in front of you. Why I mentioned that sort of secret workout that was Friday, because this is these are names you expect to be there. These are easy to get their agents to agree to have the guys go to Portland because, hey, we have seven. You're going to be in our draft range. You should come in. It's all easy on both sides to make it happen. But these are the names that they want you to see. The Blazers want you to see. You being like me, person who you know makes content all the time about the team, you the fan, you the rival executive, you the assistant coach, whatever it might be, like the Blazers are getting guys in their draft range, into their building, doing their due diligence, and just operating like a team with the seventh pick in the draft in a totally above board and obvious way. I think the Blazers have to trade their pick on Thursday night. Join me in the second segment, or the third segment, close out the show, and I'll tell you why. I think they have to. I don't. Th- I, I, I've come. I've come to the point where I do not think they can. They can make their pick at seven. Let me tell you why. Join me. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked On Blazers, and as promised, I got. I'll, I'll, let me just tell you. Here's why the Blazers have to trade their pick. Their pick. They have the number seven pick in the NBA draft. They got 36, and they got 57. 57 is the second to last pick in the draft, thanks to some tampering draft uh, draft pick, uh, whatever, uh, removals from, from the group of 60. I do not think the Blazers can go into next season with three rookies, and the, probably one of those second-round picks will be some kind of draft and stash guy. I would assume that maybe the late pick would be, or they'll trade it, you know, sell it off to someone who wants a late pick. I don't think they can go into three three rookies. But that's not why they have to trade the number seven pick. They have to trade the number seven pick because their stated goal is to be competitive next season. And this is their best and most realistic avenue to get a game changer, to get a roster, to get someone to really beef up the roster. They don't have other a lot of other ammunition to trade, right? They were supposed to go into the summer. They thought they were going to have two top 10 picks and, all, and, and, and a bunch of ammo and a bunch of different avenues and all these things. If they don't trade seven, they just take Keegan Murray at seven. Nice, nice fit. Nice fit. You're going to help. Um, pretty good basketball player at a position of need. Uh, they, get, they come away with a rookie and very few avenues to get better. Even if, even if Keegan Murray is really freaking good, like, and he might be, I'm just using that name, for example, because I think he's like the best, like most obvious fit. Even if he's really good, he doesn't get the Blazers where they want to be. They want to be really competitive next year. They want to be they want to be squarely in the playoff picture. I'm not even talking championship stuff. I think they're like thinking beyond like competitive into the playoffs is is like a fool's errand. They are the Blazers are too too far away, too many steps away from that. But even to get back to the point where they are very competitive, where they're like the fifth best team in the West, they need to add a great deal of talent to the roster and a great deal of depth. And, and, and that is likely the best path to do that for this team is going to be through the trade market. You have to trade seven because this is your best, best path. I am not in favor of trading seven for like a straight up veteran. I, I, I seven for OG and OB seven for Jeremy Grant. Um, I don't, I don't love it. Uh, OG, I'm a big, I'm much more OG supporter than I am Jeremy Grant. I just think he's way better, better fit in a variety of ways, but I'm in favor of the Blazers. If the Blazers, let me say this, 
What I think the Blazers should do is be a little more patient, but they're not going to do that. So here's why they have to trade their pick because they don't want to do that. And if they don't want to do that, let's work Let's work in the world of logic and work in the world of reality, right? Or their reality. Uh, our reality exists too. Those of you who, those of you who are with me in the Just Take Someone at 7 camp. Uh, you can't, the other two big pieces the Blazers have are, are Anthony Simons and Yusuf Nurkic in sign-in trades. They could also dangle Josh Hart and Nazir Little. Anthony Simons may get you back something exciting in a sign-in trade, but you always get less in sign-in trades than you do in a normal straight-up trade. And also, Anthony Simons is too good to probably let go for what you would end up getting back. Yusuf Nurkic is at a position that isn't particularly coveted in the league, and who is going to shell out the right, type, right amount of money who doesn't have cap space now and give something back that you want? It just it doesn't seem very likely. The Blazers have a large traded player exception where they could absorb $20 million of $21 million of salary and it, or a player making $21 million of or less into that into that traded player exception. They don't have a lot of other other avenues. They're not going to be players in free agency. They're just going to have the 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 taxpayer mid-level. They are they don't have future draft picks because they're owed to Chicago. And even if they waive that draft pick, like they waive the protections and they say, okay, Chicago, you can have our 2023 draft pick straight up. Then you're, you are trading future picks down the line. You're trading like a 2025 future pick. Now you have two 2025 first. You just don't have a lot of avenues. If you slightly tweak the, uh, the, protections in the Chicago pick and you trade someone to say, Hey, that you can have our 2023 pick five through 14 protected, similar to the way the new Orleans made the trade this year with the blazers. Still it, it's, that is a juicier pick for sure. To be certain that is a juicier and more attractive pick. And that gets you closer. But even then on its own, I'm not sure that that is the thing that gets the blazers over the top. Seven is their ammunition. You can't trade seven with the sign and trade guys. So it's separate. You can't like, um, you can, I guess, technically you could draft someone, hold on to their rights, not sign their contract, wait till free agency, agree to a sign and trade, all this shit. Like, n- sure, sure. There is probably a way to do it, but it's, it's not very likely. And it's basically, ta- it's basically certainly tampering. So I think you have to, throw those out seven is their ammo to get better seven is their path to a good veteran seven is their path to trade back to get something like john collins and the 16th pick in the draft or not my choice but you know julius randall and 11 or pj washington and 13 you know it's like their their path you know og and anobi and something if you, if you make if you make the trade work like it's there it is their path, their best path to upgrade this roster is trading seven. After you make the selection, the trade immediately gets less va- less valuable. A, a real player is less valuable than the draft rights traded or agreed to be traded prior to, to the Blazers pick. Like whatever it works, like however the technicality works. But like giving someone the right to choose at seven is your that is your trade chip that is your i believe your number one most valuable trade chip this summer and if the blazers want to be good if they want to be good their stated goal to be competitive i mean i'm gonna believe them keep they keep saying it they gotta trade seven there is no path forward there is there are the path forward becomes much more difficult for them to be immediately good if you add a rookie to this team it's more responsible. It's my preferred route. Uh, I, quite frankly, I just think it's like a, 
it's your best chance to get a superstar. Teams like the Blazers just like have to draft superstars. That's how they get good. Um, you draft a Damian Lillard and you give yourself six or eight years to be really excellent with him at the helm. Um, th- but th- but if they are trying to be good, they can't waste the opportunity to trade their most valuable pick. For me, I hope they trade back. I hope they get a veteran and trade back in the draft and also come away, as I mentioned at the top of the show. But they don't have a choice. I think in some ways it would be um, it would be troubling if they don't trade seven. I think they are. I, I gave it about a 95% chance they trade seven last night. I'm at 98 and a half right now. I think that thing is gone, gone, gone. Now it just depends on what they do. You know where to find the answers. <laughs> we will follow all of the latest stuff and everything else on Locked on Blazers. Tomorrow's show, I am going to make a case for who the Blazers should draft at seven. My preferred draft pick. I have hung around, hung around, and watched some scouting videos, read a whole bunch of draft stuff, and I'm ready to make my call. So come back tomorrow to find out who I think the Blazers should draft at seven. We've got more shows later this week. Also, the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft, just search Ultimate NBA Mock Draft wherever you get podcasts. They're also on YouTube. is out, and it's all 30 uh, teams. Every podcaster, every every team represented by a podcaster on the Locked On Podcast Network, all of us representing our teams. We're allowed to wheel and deal and make trades and all those things. On Friday show, June 16th show, I made the pick for the Blazers. You can go listen to that show and see how, what I did and how I tried to make some deals and what what didn't or did not come to fruition. Um, the rest of the first round of the draft will be this week. That's Ultimate NBA Mock Draft wherever you get podcasts. Appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon. 